Hey everyone, how are you today? Oh, I'm ready for vacation. It's vacation time. It's the holidays and we're all going to take a little break here at Facially Conscious. And so we're going to give you a few of our favorite episodes from our last season. And they will be up in the next several weeks until we get back to it. Right, like I think we plan on coming back in February. Yep. So whenever our last recorded new episode hits, we'll be doing some reruns. And these are based on some of your reviews as well as some of our favorite episodes to do. So be sure to listen in. Remember, if you haven't heard it, it's new to you. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And if you want to follow us or get in contact with us in any way, either over the holidays or any time of year, just feel free to go to our faciallyconscious.com website where we have our blog. You can access our Instagram from there. And you have all of our episodes so that you can re-listen as often as you want. Plus, you have all of our backgrounds, including some of our regular guests like Dr. Mark Lees and Dr. James Wang, Dr. Doris Day. We're all going to be up there. So another way is to subscribe or follow us on Instagram under Facially Conscious. And you can also go to Facebook, Facially Conscious. You can also send to us at info at faciallyconscious.com. So if you have topic ideas, you will have questions, just let us know because even though we have well over 500 ideas for the next 500 (laughs) podcasts, episodes we We always need more yes and and if it's a request from you we'll do it first so you know we want to know what you guys want to hear about so let us know you can comment on our website um, or on instagram or facebook or at info at faciallyconscious.com so enjoy these next few episodes and have a happy holidays absolutely (laughs) and take care of your skin in the winter time yes bye bye good morning my skin beauties everybody's skin is looking dewy and fresh this morning in this unusually wet southern california morning it is. It's so weird. It's it such rain- strange humidity. It is like it, East Coast. Yes. Perfect for our guests. So today we have a very <laughs> exciting podcast with a very special guest joining us to discuss the newest, hottest, latest FDA-approved neuromodulator, which is a Botox rival. And we will also discuss the phenomenon called filler fatigue. And if you don't know what that is, stay tuned to get the juicy details. So I would love to introduce our guest today is Dr. Doris Day. She is my friend and colleague, and she is not to be confused with the famous actress, although I think she was actually named after her. Uh, Dr. Doris Day is a board-certified dermatologist, and she has a thriving private practice in New York City that I'm actually trying to go and shadow her one day, but it's proving to be difficult because we're both very busy. Uh, (laughs) And she is a clinical professor of dermatology at NYU Langone Medical Center, where she has been honored with many teaching awards. She is an educator, an orator, a media personality. She's a doctor, Mm -hmm. 
um, speaker on Dr. Radio on Sirius XM. She gives master classes, and truly her talents are endless. She is an author of three books. The most recent one is called Beyond Beautiful. She is a wife, a mom, a recent mother-in-law, and I can attest she is a great friend and a traveler, and she's also a dog mom. And I feel like she just has an overall passion for life. And did I mention, by the way, that she is gorgeous and tall with perfect skin, hair, and teeth? And so young. And so young. You can connect with her on Instagram at Dr. Doris Day or online at w- oh, Who uses that anymore? <laughs> <laughs> at DorisDayMD.com, where you can shop her skincare line and read about her practice. Welcome to the fabulous Dr. Doris Day. Yay! Welcome. Hi. <laughs> that was so sweet. Thank you so much. I have one more. One of my, my, I think my biggest achievement so far is, and I don't know if you know this, but the best moms get promoted to grandma. <gasps> and I am oh now God. a grandma. No, yes, that is the old. best. Wow. Yep. I, I was going to, I was going to include that in the bio, but I realized I didn't actually know that for sure. So congratulations. Thank you. He's five months old. You might hear him in the background because we have him for the weekend. My kids uh, have plans. So, yes, we look for reasons to keep them occupied so we can steal the grandbaby. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's so sweet. I can't can't believe you have time for that, Doris. That's just incredible. I can't believe she's old enough to have a five-month-old grandson. I know. You look so young. You look fabulous. (laughs) Thank you. So I'm just going to ride on that. (laughs) biggest accomplishment that's right Uh, I think we should just dive right in there was a huge um, uh, FDA approved medication in this billion dollar industry of neuromodulators it's going to be a a Botox rival it has the name Daxify and uh, I would love for Doris to to speak on this because she is truly the injecting expert I, I think it's so interesting that we we think of them all as Botox rivals. I I never really think of these things as competition, but as ways to get more people to understand that these products really are standard of care, state of the art. Uh, they're they're here to stay, and that we can do a lot of great things with them. We already have several products on the market. We have four. We have Disport. We have Botox, as you mentioned, Juvo, and Xeomin, and now we have a fifth one which is Daxify. And Daxify is really interesting because it started out uh, as a topical in, in theory. And they saw that the way that this protein that it has helped it absorb and it could have effects where you go to the doctor, instead of giving an injection, they would <clears> apply <throat> the cream. You'd sit there, it would take an effect in the crow's feet and then you'd go home. But the FDA wanted data that showed that if it, that it was safe for injection because it was going to be absorbed in the skin. So they had to switch gears, do this study. It took years they had some setbacks in the way the, the plant was reviewed. COVID held it back. So they had all these problems. And then on September 8th, it finally, finally got the FDA approval. One of the things that happened, though, was that as they started to do their studies for the injectable, they noticed two things. One is that they seemed to observe, and a lot of these people who did the clinical trials for Daxify had done the clinical trials for Botox early, early on. So Jean Carruthers, who was in the Botox trial, was in the Daxify trial. So she had her own comparisons. And I remember speaking with her as things went along. And she said, you know, these patients are really happy. Not only do they they look better beyond what you'd expect from a neuromodulator, but their skin looks better and they they seem to have even better results and they seem to be lasting longer. 
So um, what happens is when a new product comes on the market, everybody who's already on the market panics a little bit and Allergan is good at that. So they (laughs) they look for ways to say, well, you know, it's it's a 40 unit dose, which is we are a 20 unit dose indication for that area. So if we doubled our dose, we'd be the same as them. Botox actually has published data done by the same people who did the studies for them and for Daxify that showed that if you double the dose, you don't get double the length of improvement necessarily. And so their their claim at the time that they did those studies was that uh, you don't have to use more to get that result to last that three to four months. Also, when they did the study for Botox, it was a one grade improvement. And for Daxify, they had to show a two point improvement the FDA got a little stricter in how much Mm -hmm. difference you have to see in order to get the approval. So there's a whole bunch of different ways. And what it really comes down to is that these drugs are all considered biologics. They have their own unique recipes. And so you can't compare a unit of Botox to a unit of Dysport to a unit of Juveau or Xeomin or Daxify. So to say 20 units to 40 units, um, with Dysport, it's a 300 unit vial. We do a whole different set of uh, of dosing for Dysport than we do for Botox. So I think of it as like being different languages. You might get a few words if you know one language to another, because there might be overlap in some of the vocabulary or some of the words that have sort of morphed over from one language to another, but the languages are different. And so you have to speak the language of the product that you're using. I have a question. Uh, why would you choose if they all are doing the same thing, which is, you know, relaxing the muscle? Why would a doctor choose one or over the other or, you know, for a patient like would if the, is the patient going to come in and be like, I want this one or, you know, how do you guys decide uh, if there's five well, different ones? That well, we have 15 different fillers now, right. and <laughs> it's the same idea there where they are slightly different. They have different. Uh, nuances about them. And if you use enough of all of them, you get those nuances. The one thing you have to understand is that every time you get a neuromodulator treatment, you're different because that last treatment affected you, your life, whatever you're going through right now is going to affect how you're moving. And my observation over 20 years of practice and injecting all of these products is that if you do it right, the person will still be able to move. You're not going to freeze anything. You're just going to redirect energy and you can help them move in more positive ways and different products do it slightly differently. So what it may come down to is that we might use one product in one area for the between the eyes, another for the crow's feet, a different product for the neck, a different for the masseters. But it's really understanding the nuances of the product, getting comfortable with one. I have a few patients who feel like they see a difference or notice a difference from one to another. But most patients can't tell and most doctors can't tell. And many doctors might do it by pricing and they'll charge their patients that day. I think that's a mistake. I, I don't change my pricing based on which product I'm using. I'm going to pick what's best for my my patient and then uh, and just tell them that this is what we're going to use today unless they have a very strong preference. But I've never I mean, I don't. I don't know why somebody would go in and demand a product when the doctor feels like another right. product would right. be better. That's a relationship with the doctor. And and Doris touches on, you know, all these different options that we have as, as injectors. We do that. We make those decisions all the time. It's such a it's a heavy decision that that many factors weigh in. But I think that where this product might fit really nicely, at least in my experience, will be crow's feet because I feel like crow's feet just don't last as long as in between brows and forehead. I think, you know, Botox, Dysport, Juveau. 
uh, Zeman, they last, you know, a good amount of time. But crow's feet, I feel like sometimes people, six, eight weeks later, it's gone. And I know that it can be different. But I'm very excited for Daxify for crow's feet specifically. Have they done the yeah. studies for that? Um, no, that- it's actually only FDA approved for the glabella, right, Doris? Yeah, yep. That's where they always start is between yep. the eyes. But once it's FDA approved, we use it where we want. And we were using Botox in the crow's feet way before it was FDA approved there. That's one of the annoying annoying things about this whole FDA approval process is that when you have a product and you show that it's safe in an area and the mechanism of action in another area isn't very different, you still have to go through the entire FDA process as if it doesn't exist in order to get that approval. And so it's so costly to get that approval that a lot of companies are like, you know what, we won't market it that way. Everyone's going to use it that way anyway. And, um, and it'll be fine. One of the things though, if you have a product that lasts longer and uh, everyone's going to point this out and certainly the uh, competing companies are going to point it out that if you have a side effect, if you should be one of those unlucky few who get a lid droop or a brow droop, that's also going to be long lasting. And I always tell patients that if you love the results, it never lasts long enough. And if it's not the results you hope for, it's going to last way too long. So that was going to be my next question is, are there solutions to dissolve it? If like, you know, like no, filler? No. no, there's no neutralizer. Mm-hmm. There isn't a neutralizer. Sometimes, well, I think what's going to happen is there's always a learning curve with a new product. Yes. And when you have something that lasts longer, there's going to be a learning curve. So my my thing is I, I don't like being the first one to use most of these products. I will be in the second group that will have access to this, not the first group. They're going to sort of ramp it up slowly. And I, I'll see from the first group what they say that a lot of them are, are close friends of mine who've done the studies and who um, have more experience with the product. And then um, And then what I often do is I start slower. I may not use the FDA uh, approved dosing. I might go lower on the dosing and See, I know for me personally, I'm very sensitive to these to these products. And so what I might use a quarter of what somebody else needs, I would start in patients who feel like they really just don't get results that last long enough from the other products, not a first time person. And then uh, I would start at a lower dose and then monitor and see the effects I get and in my hands what it's doing. Um, the same company that came out with Daxify just came out with four new products, the RHA line. And I was in the first group for RHA one redensity. And I think that is such a game changer of a product for areas around the mouth. I've not seen another product that does what this product does. So I think there's always room for, for a great new product. And I would say there's always room for one more good one. Anytime we get a new product on the market and someone's like, well, we've got so much stuff. Well, there's always room for one more good one. And, (laughs) and, and there are things that we still need to accomplish. And I still, I think we're still in the infancy of what we can do in aesthetics. We're still trying to understand. Now we've learned we don't want to freeze everyone. I personally think we should be super careful in areas like the forehead because the forehead muscle is an elevator. It's lifting the brows and it's really the only elevator of the brows. So if you inactivate that muscle, you're going to age faster. You'll, you'll drop the brows. You may achieve your goal of having no lines, but you're going to defeat the purpose because you won't look better and you'll certainly look older and age faster. So it's really understanding anatomy, aesthetics, muscle action, and then using the products in a way that's going to help somebody age in a, in a positive direction, not necessarily chase every line and wrinkle. 
Agreed. I so agree with that. I feel like you need a face sculptor, somebody who like works with it constantly, all the different ones all the time, who is really skilled with it to get that look because a lot of people do even the younger girls who are in their 30s um even their 20s are looking older than they are by using all this stuff i'm like oh no you're aging so yourself. sad yeah right yeah. and and um you know i agree when you when you have you know a good dermatologist plastic surgeon pa injector they really will help you decide what's best for your face. And again, whether it's this new FDA approved product or a different one, um, you know, Doris had mentioned these other four products that yeah, this what is uh, that? company, they're fillers, actually. Oh, they're okay. nice fillers. They're different. They're hyaluronic acid fillers, you know, a little bit different. But but perhaps that can just um, is a perfect segue into the filler fatigue, unless you guys have more questions about, you know, Daxify um, and, and the neuromodulators. What's the name of the company who made Dax Daxify? Revance. 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 Yeah, R-E-V-A-N-C-E. Yes. A-N-C-E. Okay. And Daxify has two X's in it. D-A-X-X-I-F-Y. Right. All okay. medications love to have what X's, Y's, W's. We don't know why. <clears throat> so it's, is Revance. I think it's because they're running out of words. Right? Yeah, yeah I think so too. <laughs> is Revance a, a new company that's making all these fillers in, um, in this Botox-like product, or they've been around for a long time? Hmm. I don't know. I haven't. They've Let's been around ask our, for... Uh, chemist here. Well, let me look that up. No, I, I, don't, I agree with Doris. I'm not sure. They're, they're, new, they're the newest sort of on the market in terms of like what we're, we, we know in America. I don't mm -hmm. know if they've been in Europe or... or well, whatnot. they were founded 20 years ago in Silicon Valley. Oh. They're now out of Nashville. And they're a biotech yes. company. It's called Revance Therapeutics, Inc. And if you look online, it's R-E-V-A-N-C-E. There's been a lot of publicity about this ingredient yeah. and or this um, uh, injectable as well as Revance. The stock went up like 15, 20 percent the day after they made the announcement. Mm. And that day was September 8th of 2022 if you look on our september 9th insta on facially conscious uh we've got some information including a quote from dr vicky uh, about the introduction of this material into the market so if you want to read about it just go to our insta or look it up yeah great and they're in and they just introduced the four new fillers as well all like this all came at at one time or it's they had, they had we have, the newest one just came out for little what's well, called redensity. It's more for hydrating, so you can hydrate lips without making them look too large. They're oh, really good. nice for lines around the mouth. Doris, do you want to comment on RHA one, which is the newest yeah. one? Yeah, that's my uh, I, it's my she new favorite it. of all favorites because what I love about it is that it helps with those lines, those what people call barcodes or smokers lines around the mouth, but oh, without adding bulk. Yeah, but before you were making a trade-off. If you don't have upper teeth show, that makes you look older. Your upper lip, if you add volume there or anything that has any weight, it gets heavier, pulls down, and it doesn't look good. So your lines will be gone, but that distance between your nose and your upper lip gets longer, and then you look older or you get more projection, and that doesn't look good either. So what I find is, one, is the lower lip and chin is where I address first, but then when I want to address those lines directly... I had other products, but they didn't last very long. This one just helps get rid of those lines so beautifully, but without adding weight or volume. So it's as invisible as a product can get. 
and I just love what it what it does and how long it lasts. I I posted a picture on my Instagram of someone I had used a few of the different RHA products on. I try to always post natural results where it's the kind of work that I do. Yeah, as opposed to dramatic. When yes. is this going to be available? Because I want to make an appointment with Dr. Vicky the following day. <laughs> it's, it's available. It's available. I mean, it is. We already discussed it. Yeah. She's using it. Yeah. 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 And it's and a hyaluronic. Yeah, yeah, so hyaluronic. Let's, I, I'd like to get into the filler fatigue concept yeah. because I know Dr. Yes. Day has a, has a grandbaby to attend to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so filler fatigue, in in my understanding, is it's it's a combination of two different things, either you know, too much filler over time, not achieving the results anymore that, you know, used to uh, give you, you know, lifting and plump and youthfulness and or pl- too much placed in the wrong area that's aging you and just actually making it look worse. Do you have a defi- a better definition, Doris, on filler fatigue? I, I had to go look it up because I, I, I was wondering what it actually meant that it's everything I looked up said it was too much filler over time. So it's deflating, reflating, deflating, reflating, or just blowing up a balloon and then keeping on blowing it up. One of the things when I was talking about being in the infancy of what we know in aesthetics, I, I was lucky enough to be one of the investigators for the first filler that got approved in the US, which was Restylane. So I, I was able to use it for a few years before it even was on the market. And I've been using all of them ever since. One of my observations is that these fillers last so much longer than what's in the FDA studies. When an FDA study ends, that's the claim that they can make because that's when they stop looking. But if you look at the data of where the patients are at the end of the study, many of them are still at the peak or almost at the peak of what those products can do. So we don't know how long the products last. And we're not using it in the way that they were FDA approved. We're putting them deeper in the skin and sometimes more superficial in the skin. We're putting them in areas like under the eyes or the jawline or the neck or the temples where it's not approved. We're doing it in all sorts of areas. And what I've learned is that in the mid face, it can last two to four to five, even longer years. Mm-hmm. Nasal labial folds tend to last. The lower face doesn't last very long at all. So if somebody comes in and they want their mid face corrected and they want cheekbones and they need lower face reflation, I tell them that we can do the mid face, but then you have to commit to coming in more often to do the lower face. The mistake, and I think where filler fatigue comes in, is that people and the companies teach their their buyers, their injectors, and, and I'm sad that there's so many on the market with so little training but they teach them that you need your patients on a schedule and they call them clients sometimes, which drives me crazy, but you need your patients on a schedule to come in every three to six months for their injections. And I see people coming in every six months or four months, they had injections under their eyes or injections Mm. in their cheek in their cheeks because they were told that this is what you have to do. And they followed. Um, And, but the product is still there. So that's how you end up with the filler fatigue is that nobody is treating the individual. They're treating a schedule and they talk about patient retention. How How is your patient retention? They're always coming in, the reps, and saying, let's look at your patient retention. I go, you know, I tell my patients to come in when they miss me. And sometimes they come in and I tell them, go home because you don't need it yet. <laughs> but you have to be willing to say no. Yes. You're, yeah. you're very unique in that, though. Question. Well, and, yeah, <laughs> and a lot of doctors don't do that. <laughs> Question. Can I just? Oh, oh go ahead. Um, this is Rebecca. 
when we talk about filler fatigue, what does that look like? Is that like duck lips or where you see lumps in the skin? Sometimes I see them out here, especially in California. It looks like there's stuff collecting under the skin. This is how I think of it. I think of that person who gets Botox in the forehead because they don't want forehead lines. So the brows drop from above. Then they don't like their teardrops, which half the time aren't even really there. And so they get filler from below. So now they've dropped their brows, made their eyes smaller from smaller from above. They've overfilled from below their cheeks and their tear drops. Now that pushes their lower eyelid up. So now they have these small squinty eyes, totally flat forehead, big cheeks, duck lips, and then <laughs> hyper, hyper exaggerated Sorry, jawline. Because, all the time. <laughs> yeah, because the, now the jawline thing is in and everybody's trying to recreate the look of a masseter or just that angled jaw. So it's it's just it's such an inauthentic look. It becomes a caricature of what true beauty is. Yes. Right. And then the whole concept of the of body dysmorphic syndrome, you know, can happen. So when when these patients come in every three to six months as directed, uh, they don't even remember what they used to look like and they get used to that Mm -hmm. extra full lip or cheek and it actually just looks like it literally is disfiguring so we need people like Doris we need people Mm -hmm. who are face sculptors you know I feel like I'm very conservative I feel like I do a really nice job I do a little bit at a time I I think we really need these people to also remind patients you know hey we maybe need to dissolve some of this and that's the beauty actually of the hyaluronic acid fillers is they can be dissolved and we can bring back people's natural beauty right so I'm just looking at Doris's Instagram. Doris, I'm a fan oh. of yours. I called your radio station. We had an extensive conversation about rosacea. That's Julie Falls, by oh, the way. I'm That's the only awesome. non-professional here. I'm I'm actually a voice actor, <laughs> but I'm not a, a skin professional. But I'm uh, they call She's me the that. voice of the public. Yes, I'm the voice of the public. And I think I sent my son, who was living in New York at the time, to your office, and he was thrilled and very happy. Oh, anyway, thank you, Julie. Yes, but I'm looking at your. Um, your Instagram, and there are before and afters that I'm kind of astounded by. The women look like we just did a whole neck episode, and these women look like they've had their lower faces done, and you say without surgery, and I want to, I just want to encourage everybody to go on her Instagram and see her before and afters, because that's what I'm asked probably most often. What can I do about my lower jaw and my neck? And I'm always like, you're probably going to end up having to need surgery, but this is showing that you may not. (laughs) Well, sometimes I, sometimes surgery is the best answer. And I do refer to surgical colleagues on a daily basis. And some people the, one of the first questions I ask a patient is, are you thinking of having a facelift or would you have a facelift? And for that patient who has that in mind, I refer them to a plastic surgeon because I don't do a facelift and I'm not trying to make someone look like they've had one. So I want someone who either would never had a facelift or who's had one and wants to maintain it. Mm. That, I, can that's I the give kind a of patient. practical yeah. uh, tip would be... Um, Patients ask me all the time about a dermatologist in Tucson or a dermatologist in Louisiana. Derma- and often I do have colleagues that I refer people to, but I don't know every single dermatologist everywhere. But what I do think is really practical is if people are really interested in Doris's work, but they live in a state where obviously Doris doesn't live, call Doris's office, call the yep. AAD, get really good referrals from sure. um, ASDS. You know, ASDS, AAD. Can you These explain are, what those mean? What's please? ASDS? Uh, um, 
American Society of Dermatological Surgery. Okay. And AAD is American Academy of Dermatology. You know, I, I encourage people when they ask me for a dermatologist in Florida, I'm like, well, I know that, you know, I have this one doctor in Miami. She might not be in Palm Beach, but I say, call this Miami office. They might know a really good dermatologist in Palm Beach. So don't hesitate to call dermatologists that you you see on Instagram for referrals that are closer to your home because mm-hmm. they will send you to somebody great. Yep. I, I refer you. so many to Vicky and they're so happy. They call me and they say, thank you. Cause they would sometimes that you get overwhelmed by the, by the choice of doctors and it, it, it helps to have a source that you trust to refer you to a colleague that they trust. Yeah, but getting sure. back to what you do <laughs> Julie, <laughs> down here that looks so amazing. Is it just like a series of different yes. things? Okay. Yeah. It's a combination. It, we, I've been loving SoftWave. That's one of my newer devices. I have thermogenol therapy. SoftWave uses ultrasound. And I, I always tell people that you're aging in different dimensions. We have to approach it in different dimensions. So skincare is a huge component of it. And I, I have a line that I've worked on, but I certainly carry other ones. And I don't think there's any one line that's perfect for everyone. I used to work in a research lab and I'm really into ingredients. So I'll try to find the best fit for each patient, but good quality skin looks beautiful. If you have paper thin, discolored, blotchy skin, even if you contour it perfectly, it's going to look older. So we have to address the skin. Then we want to try to restore collagen. I'm a big fan of hormone correction or hormone replacement therapy and people who are good candidates. I think women are very poorly served by the, the lousy, uh, publicity and media around the women's health initiative that led women to be afraid of hormone correction. Mm -hmm. You need estrogen to make collagen. So if you're perimenopausal, please see a doctor who knows how to do it. I don't prescribe it, but I refer people to that every single day. And I I believe that we're saving lives by doing that because it lowers risk of dementia, osteoporosis, heart disease, and collagen breakdown. And then we talk about devices, which can help tighten and lift. I love my Fatona. Softwave is great as well. Fatona is a laser that helps tighten. And then we have the neuromodulators, which we do very, very carefully and precisely. The RHA Redensity 1 filler is great for the neck. Hyperdilute Radius. It's not a hyaluronic acid filler, but it's a biostimulatory filler. Mm-hmm. And Sculptra is another biostimulatory mm-hmm. product that can help your, your restore your body's own natural collagen. So it's really you understanding that it's it's a slow process, I don't want people to look dramatically different from when they walk in to walk out necessarily because I don't do plastic surgery and I think that's what plastic surgery does. I want people to go out and go out with their friend for lunch and their friend goes, you look really good. I know you, what did you do? Mm Because you look really good, Mm -hmm. but not be able to tell what they did, but just to say you look great. great. And that's, I think the best compliment. Amazing, amazing advice. Yes, love it, love it. Yeah, I think everything you said is spot on. And um, the hormone correction situation, like I get a lot of clients who are going through that and they're so afraid to take estrogen because they think they're going to get all these cancers. And um, it's so scary. I didn't know that there's been research beyond that. Oh, it's very beneficial. The the research was always, the research always showed benefit. It was the headlines that got people afraid. They looked at people who were in their 70s and 80s because it was a longevity study instead of people in their 50s. So they were well past menopause. They, Some of these women had obesity, diabetes, 
And they went from four out of a thousand rates of breast cancer to five out of a thousand. And that was the headline was your relative risk increase of breast cancer is 25 or 27 percent. But your absolute risk is less than one percent more. It's just you you always need to know the absolute risk, not the relative risk. Mm. Right. So that was a problem. If you look at women who start younger before they pass through menopause, when you start to supplement as your body needs and just understand that hormone correction is lower dose estrogen than in hormone contraceptives. So people take hormone contraceptives their whole life, mm-hmm. and then they get to menopause and they go, no, I'm going to power through. I don't want cancer. <laughs> You've made estrogen your whole life. You have menopause is a disease. It's just that we all get it. So we don't call it that. We should stop calling prostate cancer a cancer because all men get it, right? So why is it a disease? If all men eventually get it. 95% of men, they say when they when they die, if they do autopsies, they'd have prostate cancer. So we, we treat that pretty aggressively. But with women going through menopause, which is essentially partly killing us, we we talk about this low risk of breast cancer. You have to do it, dose it right. And you have to see somebody who knows how to do it. That's why I don't prescribe it because I wouldn't be able to follow it appropriately, but I know it's important. Amazing. What a treat. I love that that, so that, that concept. There's so much more to talk about. Doris, we want you on all the time. Yeah, can we have you back sometime? Thank you so much. <laughs> Anytime. Oh my God. This, this was, was fun. Thank you for having really me. really wonderful. Doris, I appreciate you so, so much. I know my co-hosts me do too. as well. And I love that you came in from NYC out here, all the way out here in California. We love you to bits. <laughs> we wish you were Thank here you. in our studio. Well, Thank it's you. nice to me meet too. you. Enjoy I've been baby. following me you too. for years. This is Rebecca, and it's wonderful to meet you. And, and we're actually on Zoom, everyone, so we can see each other, and she is absolutely gorgeous. She so is. lovely And take care person. of that little Thank baby you. of yours. <laughs> Yeah, I will. I'm going to go eat him up now. Five hours. (laughs) He slept and I was watching him. So I just couldn't close my eyes. I wanted to stare at him. They're so delicious. Oh, that's wonderful. Be well, Doris. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Bye. 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 Nice to meet you. Bye. 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 This podcast is so needed in the world right now. There's so much information out there that it's hard to know who to believe and if it's right for you. We are very excited to be your guides and bring you Facially Conscious. You can find info we talked about today in our show notes and on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Please subscribe, like, and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. This helps others find us. And if you have any questions or ideas, please send us an email at infofaciallyconscious.com. At